Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talk Spicy. I'm Coach Gene Clemens. Thank you for joining me wherever you are joining me. Rate the show, comment, agree, disagree, but whatever you do, keep it spicy. Five-star ratings are appreciated. If you're joining me on the YouTube channel, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. If you're joining me via Spotify or any other podcast network, make sure that you subscribe. Leave comments. We want to hear from you because that helps me know what you want to hear That helps me know what you like to hear. That helps me know if I'm just out here talking to the ether or if there are people listening. I know there are people of listening, and I appreciate everybody that reaches out, that says, hey, we love your content. We love what you do. I even further like when I don't record um, in the morning and people go, hey, we're not getting any talk spicy today? Or people will say, hey, you you didn't drop a pod yesterday. Is everything okay? I appreciate all that love. And with that being said, I need more love. I need more love. Coming this July 7th through 10th, my offensive line skills clinic in Savannah, Trench 30. Um, It's something that I've been working on. It's something that I really feel passionate about. The level of offensive line play in high school um, throughout, including, including teams that I've coached doesn't always rise to the level that it needs to raise to. A lot of times what happened is that when you get an offensive lineman from the youth level, many of them have not played um, because a lot of youth levels have weight restrictions. A lot of youth levels have cost. If you're in areas where there's no real legitimate local youth um, organization or youth program, then your kid may have to travel. Travel football is expensive. It's expensive. You got to pay for every tournament. You got to pay for hotels. You got to pay for gas. It's expensive. So what happens is that high school coaches inherit these big, giant kids who've never really learned the intricacies of the position. They spend two to three years trying to get them to learn while also needing them to be effective for them in games. That's difficult. What Trench 30 hopes to do is to give a small, a small look into, into the the basics and the fundamentals of the position that allow them to be successful. So it is a, it is a labor of mine. If you have a kid that is in middle school to high school, seven to 12th grade that are looking for a little bit of extra work and they are in the Savannah areas, July 7th through 10th, DM me. Even if you think you can't afford it, I have some sponsorship announcements that I'm announcing um, here at on Sunday. It's going to be really awesome. You're going to want to sign your kid up. I only have 30 spots. There's only 30 spots. And when I tell you it's the most affordable thing you're going to be able to pay for this summer, I mean it. When I say that I've been able to, to secure sponsorship, to make this practically free, I mean it. So come and enjoy six hours, four days of training, all about the offensive line position, not offensive and defensive line. Nope, nope. All about playing the actual position. This is something that your kid will definitely benefit from, and I am happy to be able to bring it to to you. It is a labor of love for me. Quite simply, it's a labor of love for me. It's not a way to make money. 
maybe in the future, who knows? I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not ashamed of money, but it's a labor of love. And I want you to be a part of it. I want your young men to be a part of it. Trench 30, July 7th through 10th. Make sure that you check that out. It's been crazy in the NBA, right? Because in the NBA, we're starting to see all of the movement. We're starting to see everybody get around. And as we see the movement from people, as we see them um, go about trying to figure out what everything is going on, everything that's going on, one of the things that I've noticed is that people always want to come back and blame the players, right? They want to blame the players. And it's cool because at the end of the day, if, if players are going to be more empowered to move, more empowered to t- put their future in their own hands, that's cool. But that's going to come with some of the responsibility of saying, hey, it's you. That's the problem. Okay, cool. So for years, what happened in the NBA is if a guy was good but not good enough, he got shipped all over the place. He didn't have any power over where you still you still see it with these middle tier players. They sign these big contracts. They 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 last for a year, maybe two, and then they start doing the shell game, where they just shift them to different teams where they. They play a little bit, but their contract's valuable because it's about to expire. And then they sign another contract for less, but still good money, where the team that they sign with values them because they're less money than they were before. And then after two years, the shell game begins again. They start moving around team to team to team to team to team. You've seen some of the best names do it. That's how Vince Carter finished out his his, his seat, his, his um his years in the in the in the NBA moving around JJ Reddick moving around right Otto Porter Jr now one of those guys been moving around as his contract numbers come down his value goes up until the contract is about to expire and then his value is in trading him for assets that's how the NBA has long has long been 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 running right So now that we bring the element of the NBA player controlling their own destiny into it, the problem that people have is that they want to blame the player. But these players cannot act alone. That brings me to the New Jersey Nets. Excuse me. My apologies, Brooklyn. The Brooklyn Nets, right? The Brooklyn Nets have a team now where essentially KD is asked for a trade. Kyrie probably wants to be traded. He opted into that contract that last year because who opts out of 40 something million dollars unless you're dumb and named James James Harden? Like nobody opts out of that level of money. You opt in and now you become valuable in, in as a trade asset. Now, I'm not saying that you don't opt out and then just go wherever you want to go. But most likely the team that would have traded for you doesn't have the room to just sign you off the street, right? So if I'm getting $46 million from the Nets, 
and I want to go and play with the Lakers. Well, if I just try to go to the Lakers as a free agent, they don't have the money to re-sign me. I mean, they don't have the money to sign me as a free agent. But what they can do is they can trade for me, bring comparable money back, and then use the fact that I'm on their team to, to get beyond the salary cap, if that's what if that's what we want to do, to hit the luxury tax. So there's way in which you, ways in which you can finagle it by being traded that works more than being um, a free agent. Also, because Kyrie gets traded, he won't lose the value of if you're already a part of our team, then I can sign you to the Supermax, right? I can get that extra year worth Boku money. It's all a money play. But the reason that Kyrie is prob- probably wants out, the reason that KD probably wants out, the reason that Steve Nash is going to maybe want out is because the Nets allow the inmates to run the asylum. Now, that's an analogy, and it gets a little tricky when I start saying inmates and all that because I don't want to make it, I don't want it to be assumed that I'm saying that these guys are thugs or anything like that. And you guys know that's not how I get down. But the terminology allowing the inmates to run the asylum refers to the fact that the people who are there who 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 should be like doing one job are now doing another. Players play, coaches coach. So when players try to coach, how are they playing? Players play, coaches coach. So when players try to coach, how are they playing? How can you do both effectively? Yeah, we see it. We see people try to do it in in pickup games. Dude out there trying to do more coaching than he's doing playing. And guess what? You usually lose. I've been that guy. I'm trying to do more coaching than I'm doing playing. And I end up losing. Man, I should have just balled. Right? And so now what we have is a situation where Kevin Durant wants out, and why wouldn't he want out? They left him hanging. Kyrie left him hanging. James Harden left him hanging. The organization traded for a guy that came in and couldn't play just to get rid of a guy that was purposely not playing. That is a fail for Kevin Durant on all the sides. You get Kevin Durant. You have to give him something to work with. You got to give him something to work with. Or else the season goes how it goes. Then everybody wants to blame Kevin Durant. Everybody wants to look at Kevin Durant and say, oh, well, maybe Kevin Durant isn't what he used to be. Oh, he's 30-something. He's 31, 32 years old. Oh, he's he's coming off of Achilles injury. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Kevin Durant is still Kevin Durant. He is still one of, if not the one, most like versatile offensive weapons to come through the NBA. Right? We don't have to make everybody the GOAT. We can classify them how they should be classified. So now he wants out, and I don't blame him. Kyrie, different story, dude. You did it to yourself. Now, here's the thing about Kevin Durant, though. 
Kevin Durant wants out. That's cool. If I'm the Nets, I don't just grant Kevin Durant to go wherever it is he wants to go so they can give me back some like B-level, C-level guys. If I'm trading an A-level guy, I want an A-level guy in return. Hey, Phoenix, you want Kevin Durant? Cool. I'm willing to part with him. Give me Devin Booker. The conversation starts with Devin Booker. Now, does Phoenix want to give up Devin Booker? No. No, they don't. They want to give up Bridges and all these other, like, B-level, C-level guys to try to get an A-level guy. And if I'm sitting there as the Nets, why would I want to do that? I'm trading the restart. I want to take the older piece that's going to give me all the money, all the chips back, and I want the younger piece that could be the older piece one day. If I'm sending him to Miami, the conversation starts with Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero. And, like, that's where it starts at. You don't, I don't want you to give me Tyler Hero and some of these other guys and Kyle Lowry. And, no, no, you're not going to give me a bunch of scraps and young, good role players for a superstar. I'm not interested in allowing you to build and, and sell tickets and, and without me having anything to show for it. That's the dumbass um, Oklahoma City Thunder model. Let's just keep giving away these assets for stuff that nobody knows and it's hurting all of our business. Nah, I'm not, I'm not down with that. So if I'm sending Kevin Durant somewhere, you're sending me back somebody legitimate because there's only two things Kevin Durant can do. See, look, you can, you can, you can say, hey, I want to trade. Hey, listen, Kevin Durant, I fully understand it. Just, just know. We're trying to get maximum value for you. We're not going to take a we're not going to take a haircut to get rid of you. We want maximum value. If we don't get maximum value, Kevin Durant, you're not going anywhere because you're under contract for three, I think, four more years. That's why you're so attractive because they can get you and they'll have you. But we have you. So you have two options, Kevin Durant. You can either play for us right? Or you can, I'm sorry, three options. Play for us, go where we want you to go, or don't play. Now, Kevin Durant has made enough money where he does not have to play basketball ever again. But Kevin Durant loves playing basketball. So at some point, he's going to go, I'm 32. See, if I'm 25 and I and I do a power move where I'm going to sit out a year or two, okay, 27. When I'm 32, if I decide that I want to try to sit out and wait it out, 33, 34, 35, now you're losing prime years. You're losing prime years or a little past prime years. Is Kevin Durant willing to do that? See, I'm all for the freedom 
to make these decisions for the players, but it's not free of consequences. I say it all the time. Freedom of speech, not free of consequences. That's why you got to watch your mouth. And in the same token, when you get the freedom to be able to dictate terms like a lot of these players have, they don't come free of consequences. And the consequence is if I'm the team and I don't have the value that I want for you in a trade, I'm not trading you. I'm going to get into an office with you and Kyrie and say, hey, listen, the market out there isn't yielding what we want for you. I would like for you guys to come back, try it again. And next year, when we have more success than we had this year, because both of you are playing the entire time, we can revisit the trade. And now you'll have more value because you played well. And we'll be able to find a partner who thinks that they are a KD away. All they have to do is trade out KD for this star. You'll find some, or you can leave in free agency, Kyrie Irving. Right? Because these musical chairs have to land somewhere, but I'm not going to be the one with nobody in my chair. I'm not going to be the one without a chair. So if I'm not going to be the one without a chair, and I'm not going to be the one, um, you know, chair without someone to sit in it, then I have to make sure I, I take care of me first. And that's where these teams are dumb. You can't just fold to the whims of these players. They have one thing and one thing only in mind, and that is winning a championship because it builds their brand and builds their legacy. That's it. And, and, and I'm not mad at them players. I'm talking to owners. It's not about assets. Or, it's just about making sure that you don't have a bum-ass team. That's what it is. You want to make sure you just don't have a trash team. So I'm not doing it. Shout out to the Knicks for going out and getting Jalen Brunson. But guess what that shows me? That shows me that the NBA is terrible at drafting. Not just certain NBA teams. All of you mofos. Every single one of you, there is no way you can't convince me that you're not terrible at drafting. You know how I know? Because Jalen Brunson was the 33rd overall pick. He was the 33rd overall pick. I'm just going to tell you what Jalen Brunson did, because I've talked about Brunson before, and I love him as a player. Number one, he's 25 years old. He's only 25 years old, but he played three seasons of college football. I mean, college basketball. So he played three seasons of college basketball, right? He's played three seasons of college basketball. He has three seasons of um, NBA. Sorry, four seasons in the NBA. And he's only 25 years old. So he came out as a 21-year-old, which apparently is, is old because people are passing him up for 19 years old, 19-year-olds. Came out as a 21-year-old. A 21-year-old who 
who had won a national title, who was an academic All-American, who was a consistent for a consistent first team All-American. He was a national player of the year. He won two championships, not one, two championships. And this is the guy. This is the guy that a lot of people went, uh, yeah, but he's but he's shorter. That was the knock on him. But he's shorter. Yo, he's been the shorter guy his entire life. It wasn't like he got to the NBA. I mean, he got to the the college and everybody was his height, so he dominated. He was always the shorter guy. It's not like in high school, everybody was his size, so he dominated. He was always the shorter guy. Always. So if you're always the shorter guy, if he's always a shorter guy and you've dominated at every level, if you've dominated at every level, why wouldn't you dominate at the NBA's level? I dominated in high school. I dominated in college. Why would I not dominate in the NBA? That's just basic stuff, right? If I dominated in high school, I dominated in college, then there's a good chance that I'm going to dominate in the NBA. Instead, you know what NBA teams do? They go and look for the guy who, oh, well, his game didn't equate to the college game. Oh, he played with a lot of stars, so he was one of a collective. But he'll do this in the NBA. That's the justification that they use. Well, he didn't do it at that level, but he'll do it in the NBA. Why? Oh, because he, no. If he was not a killer in high school and he was not a killer in college, then there is a better than likely chance he's not going to be a killer in the NBA. There's no reason for us to try to like sugarcoat that. We don't have to. We know better. But that tells us that we are terrible in the NBA at drafting. And fans just keep on like accepting it. So shout out to the Knicks for getting Jalen Brunson. And shout out for Jalen Brunson. That's a nice contract. $100 million, if I'm not mistaken. Nice contract. So now they have a legitimate leader and a legitimate point guard. Now they need to allow him to be the leader. You can't be out here letting R.J. Barrett dominate the ball. You can't be out here letting any of those other dudes dominate the ball. Jalen Brunson sets the offense. He's the floor general. He's the leader. That's how it happens. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Talk Spicy. I'm Coach Gene Clemens. We do this thing a few times a week. Rate the show, comment, agree, disagree, but whatever you do, keep it spicy. Five-star ratings are appreciated. If you're joining me on the YouTube channel, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. Until next time, peace.